Well, hello, Mariners. Mike and Kenton here. We are excited to be with you. We uh, are meeting um, on a Tuesday morning, at least when we're recording this. We just got out of a, a story time we do every Tuesday with the staff where we hear about the stories of what God's doing. And one of the really exciting things that we we're hearing about is how this surprising conversation we're having on the weekends, why Jesus hates religion, is uh, doing stuff both in, in folks that are already convinced about Jesus and folks that aren't. Uh, and so uh, one of the things we want to do when uh, we have these conversations is just talk about some of the stuff maybe we didn't get to on the weekend because there's no way that Kenton can be contained in 35 minutes. So Kenton, what did you, uh, what would you wanted to talk about a little bit more that you uh, maybe brushed over or didn't mention at all from this last weekend? Two things that surprised me is as people came up, I feel like this is a, something we've talked about, the idea of creeping Phariseeism, legalism, and something that shocked me from the weekend was Lori, my wife, came up to me, and I thought, gee, we talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, you know what? There were some things that you said that I've never heard before. And I thought, not heard before. I talk about <laughs> all the t this all the time. And so I asked her, and again, that idea of what the Pharisee, that sense of having so much confidence in their own righteousness. And so Lori and I had a great conversation of little things that we have where we tend to start being confident hmm. in our works. And one of the things I think I would have liked to talk more about, if you just had so much time, is the sense of how I trade off sin, how we trade off sin, and we say, okay, I'm going to do this, but God, it's okay because... I'm also going to go to church. I'm going to be good and everything. Mm -hmm. And how that just plays into life. So Lori and I had a conversation. That would have been a, I think I'd like to have talked more about that, gone into it. And then um, the other thing is uh, prayer. I'm keeping track of my prayers, as I said. And I want my prayers to have greater desperation to them. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean in my life? And so this week, each day, I'm going to write them out and try to capture a greater sense of desperation that's real to say, this is who I am. I'm not going to minimize my sin or, mm -hmm. or brush over it, but to say, this is, this is what it is. God, this is what you call it and look at it. And I think in that, get the thrill of forgiveness, uh, mm -hmm. more freedom in it. But those are two things I guess I could have spent more time talking about. How about you? What yeah. would you want to have talked well, I like, man, I like yours. Uh, I didn't Good. hear, I haven't, I haven't heard the, the message from uh, Mariner's Irvine yet, but I, I like that idea of, of prayers of desperation. I, um, I joke around often, my prayer life is like ordering off a menu. You know, it's just kind of like, I'll take some, some joy, maybe a double portion of blessing, hold the suffering. <laughs> um, and there isn't a, a great deal of passion or urgency in it. And you're right, that does come out in the tax collector when you can't, play on externals and all you've got is the ruthless mercy of God. Uh, that's really powerful. I think that's good. I, one thing we talked about a little bit is how as followers of Jesus, we hedge our confession. And, and I think it's saying the same thing you were saying about being desperate in your prayers, but it's like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm God, I've really overworked. Um, and that's easy to confess as opposed to God, I'm, I'm just really insecure and fearful of being insignificant. And so I feel like I've got to prove and perform and strive, you know, or man, God, I'm sorry I flirted with this person over here. Instead of saying, God, adultery lurks in my heart. And, and in a sense, what the Pharisees were doing was making the, the religious requirements of the law easier. 
because mm-hmm. it's easier to not commit adultery than it is to lust. I mean, absolutely. If you had to say, which is harder? Well, obviously not lusting. And so when Jesus presses in on our hearts, wow, it becomes a lot more threatening because the easier game really is just making it about the outside. So I think there was a lot more room, at least for uh, Mission Viejo, for, hey, how does this really play out? Because it, the iterations of this are endless. And that's why I'm excited as we go through this whole s- series of conversations we're going to have, we're going to hit some of the same themes over and over and over. And I'm glad we do that. Uh, because I, I, I so need it myself, but I, I feel like it's so insidious. You know, the, the legalism and the, and the religiosity uh, out there is so insidious and traps us so many different ways. Um, as you look forward to kind of the, the rest of the series, um, where do you feel like God is going to uh, take our community in terms of what he wants more and more for the folks that are coming? You know, as we started into it, when Mike and I were talking about it, Mike wanted to do this longer series, and I thought, no, the people get it. It's not that complicated. And yet, as you live it, and as I look at it, I see even in my own life that sense of saying, no, this thing is a creeping thing that comes in, and I think I fight it off, and then I push it back. So, for our church, I think that what we get is a more honest, more authentic Mm-hmm. sense of I need to depend on Jesus and it isn't about my works or my goodness which is so superficial that I want to trust in and I want to look at because I can control that that's right and that that's sense good. of desperation so I think that's that good. we get to a place of desperation as we stay at it this week we're talking about hypocrisy acting and I know in my own life I think there's going to be a great ser- great message even this weekend because more than I want to admit, I've got a script and I play a role and, and as I act out my role, I expect people to applaud me. I want you to applaud me. Right. But yet I'm not really honest with who I am and learning to be honest and having a place of honesty. I think that that's important. So I think this journey, you know, it isn't by accident that Jesus struggled with these religious leaders. Mm-hmm. He tangled all three years with them over and over again. The messages keep coming through his life. And that's, I've got that creeping part of my mm-hmm. life that I keep moving into that. I need to hear this message where it pushes me out. And then I think for people who, you know, guy I met just this weekend doesn't come to church, fascinated by the title. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't believe you're talking about why Jesus doesn't love religion or hates it. <laughs> he goes, because I hate it, and that's why I'm here. And <laughs> I like that you're talking about this. And he goes, and it was very startling to me. That's Another sweet. guy came out in tears, and he said, you know, I, I feel like I've been on this journey to find Jesus. Hmm. And I want to find Jesus. He said, I stood up and said, I believe one time. He said, but... For today, for today, this was a day that I felt like for the first time I get it. I understand what it is that I've been going after because I'm a good person and I think it is about performance. But now for the first time I'm realizing it's just my heart given to Jesus. It isn't about these other things. Just tears in his eyes and freedom. So yes. I like the idea that we're going to find this freedom together. Yeah, I think that's right. And and. So now we got questions. Do you want to do the questions? Nope. I got one more point okay. to make on what you were saying, which was good. Um, you know, for an older guy. I am good. Hip, I know. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I am struck by the script idea because I think there is, for us as, uh, as paid vocational ministers, there's definitely a pastor script 
that um, we can fall into. You know, we have to share our struggles, but always share them in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can be honest, but uh, not in real time. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's just it's interesting. I think you're right. This idea of freedom. You know, the image that comes to mind are just of these chains that are just kind of silently falling onto the floor with no no big show, but just this this kind of this freedom of grace, which we all think we know. Um, but you're right. It's so so easier. Uh, so much easier to be in control and know where I stand. I mean, to just stand there and go, God, have mercy. Where does that happen in real life? You know, right. that doesn't happen. And it's what's most attractive. It right. Ultimately, it's what made me attractive, attractive to the idea of and grace. And you are attractive. It's what, yeah, I know. And it's what I think, you know, the, the idea is the church, the people of God, is we're supposed to be this beautiful bride that attracts people to Jesus and authenticity and honesty being real, yeah. we all know that's what's attractive, yep. but this is the journey to right. really becoming those people. That's all right, really so one of the things we want to do is people uh, write questions. So we got two questions that we're going to deal with, Mike. I'll read it to you, okay. and we'll talk about it. My question is, does the idea of Jesus hating religion or anything that we think we can do to earn salvation, in your mind, support the doctrine of election? In other words, if we can't earn salvation based on something we do, and assuming we have a free will accepting or following Jesus is then something we do. Does that mm-hmm. conclude that we don't have a free will? That is, There's a big question. <laughs> okay, Mike. Yes, here we go. We'll answer it in 30 seconds. Um, so much could be said. I, I will just throw a couple of uh, cents in the ring, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Um, in my mind, there are two things that are just fundamentally taught in the Bible having to do with the act of salvation. Number one is that it is by grace. It is God's initiative. Um, It is while we were still sinners, uh, Christ died for us. And it is also through my faith, my response to it. And both are taught in my mind. Now, there are lots of folks that would disagree with that and say, that, no, no, aren't you just making believing in Jesus a work? Uh, and we, I'd say no. I'd say we are very, very comfortable, or at least we should be in the Bible, of believing two things that seem hard to put together. So we say without blinking, God is three and God is one, that Jesus is fully God and he's fully human. Uh, the Hebrews called this halakik, halakik reasoning. Easy reasoning. for you to say. Halakikik, <laughs> uh, halakik reasoning. And it was the idea they could hold many things in tension at the same time. Americans aren't great at this, right? We love, we love clarity. We love bullet points. Uh, and so my, in my mind, uh, Jesus teaches both. Jesus teaches you got to be chosen, and Jesus teaches you got to respond to the invitation you're given. He does this in Matthew and Luke with two wedding parables. And so, no, I don't think that the, the idea that Jesus hates religion means that we don't have freedom of the will. I think it just means Jesus is undermining our confidence in anything besides his saving work to save us. Right. The thing, I just would say the same thing. Election is clearly taught in Scripture. Man's responsibility is clearly taught. We want to integrate those. One is, I love mystery, mm-hmm. and I don't think you can get out of mystery. And the second thing That's is, true. we need both truths. I need, you That's know, good. as I, there's people that I love that are far from God, and I pray these powerful prayers of God, will you change that person's heart? Will you draw them to yourself? God, that person isn't going to choose right. Will you overpower their will? Draw them, make them. And and I want God to do that. And yeah. there's the sense of that's a right prayer. But at the same time, when I talk to that person, I say, you're responsible for your life. And mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're making some decisions. And is this where you want to be? 
We need both. They're in the Bible. It's a part of life. That's All right. right. That's Second right. question. Good question. Great question here. Historical Christianity does not... you got to pay attention to this one. This yeah. one's like maybe wow. over my head. Historical Christianity student. does not believe that all roads lead to God, but does believe that all truth is God's truth. That's right. Is it possible, or what might it look like for someone following the truth within their own religion to end up at Jesus? Wow, that's interesting. Or mm-hmm. are there any biblical examples or present-day examples? Ooh. These are great questions, and we want to encourage you to send them in as we go through these these things. So um, I would say a couple of things. Again, we could spend hours hashing through stuff like this. Number one, we would, of course, distinguish between Christianity and Christ. Not everything that's Christian is of Jesus. Uh, And so the fact that Christianity hasn't been preached somewhere doesn't mean that Christ hasn't been there. He's the logos. He's everywhere. He's he he doesn't show up. You know when missionaries talk about Jesus showing up or we're taking Jesus somewhere. Nope, we show up. He's already there. He's already working. So is it possible for people who've never heard of uh, historic you know Orthodox Christianity to come to Jesus? Absolutely. You see this in the book of Acts, like predominantly, right? You have got the Ethiopian eunuch who's just got his Old Testament open, and God sends him uh, Philip to finish that conversation. Other examples, Rahab, in the Old Testament. You have the people of God out there in the desert. You know, what does she know? She just knows that her way is no way. (laughs) And when they show up, she's like, I believe you That's know, right. in your God. That's right. So clearly God is bigger than any one system of That's religion. Right. That's and right. I think it's right. If people pursue truth, truth will lead to God. Religions Absolutely. that are a mixture of a whole lot of things. Yep. But truth ultimately is going to lead us to God. Rahab's a great example of that. Yep. And the Bible doesn't tell us every story, but it tells us many stories That's right. that give us a hint that says, yeah, look at that. God, God saved us. Peter. I mean, Cornelius, a God-fearer, sends Peter. Peter, go give him the message, and he repents. So you're right. There is this sense that truth leads to God. If you go to God, he'll show you Jesus. If you go to Jesus, he'll show you the Father. And uh, so we absolutely believe that there is truth all over the place, and it doesn't have to go by the label of Christian to be true. We do believe that salvation, however, the only salvation that God offers is grounded in the finished work of Jesus, but you don't have to get there the way the American church says you've got to get there. I think Jesus is big enough. You can get there a lot of different directions. All righty. So here it is. We hope you're enjoying this. Uh, if you have any suggestions or you have any questions, we're here for you. We want to continue the conversation. We're excited about this whole journey about why Jesus hates religion. Come and join us. We're at Mission Viejo. We're in Huntington Beach. We're in Irvine. And we're on the podcast <laughs> world of technology yes. if you have those magic black boxes. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Thanks.